Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Onside Chicks. I'm one of your hosts, Kaylee Chikoski. And I'm Jordan Erard Coupe. And Jordan celebrated her birthday yesterday. Yes. So happy belated birthday. Tell me all about what you did. Tell me how you're feeling today. Because I was watching your Instagram stories and I was like, this poor girl has to get on this podcast the day after her birthday. <laughs> so, you know, it was um, quite the weekend. I'm literally in my Jordan year. So that's going to be fun. But my friends took very good care of me. But we had, I didn't get to celebrate last year. So this year they went a little extra for me and it was definitely a little bit of a late night. I was hurting a little bit when I woke up this morning, but it was a great time and feeling better now. So um, definitely excited for this year, hoping things can get a little bit back to normal. Yeah. You know, you were telling me all about it and I was like, I remember being 23 and like, we, we talked about this before the show, but I just didn't even care to go out before when I was like 21 or 22. And I'm just like, I'm so glad I'm out of those like young monumental <laughs> birthdays because I'm just like, I'm good. You know, I honestly, I go out, but like, if I go out, here's my problem. Like I will go out for an entire weekend straight and then I won't leave my house for like two months. And that's like the cycle that it goes on. And it's like, I'm all in, I'm a hundred percent or I'm 100% nothing. And I sit in my house in my dark room and I watch Netflix, but yeah. it was definitely a long weekend. <laughs> my friends, we went to Atlantic city we had this beautiful, like, I didn't even feel like I deserved the dinner I got. It was this, like, Spanish seafood place in one of the casinos on the ocean. We had, like, our own little private room. I was drinking martinis, like, lemon drop Grey Goose martinis when all I really want in the world is a Coors Light. <laughs> so I was like, I literally do not deserve to be here right now, but I'm glad it all happened. It was great. And now I can take the week and recover from all of it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Let's jump in. Um, the biggest news, I, I don't know if it's the biggest news, but some of the biggest news that happened this week is the NFL owners did vote to extend the regular season to 17 games, cutting preseason to three games. Um Exciting, exciting and mixed reviews from players, yeah. but give me your initial reaction upon hearing this got approved. So overall, when I saw it, it literally dropped on my birthday and I was like, yes, more football. I like it just because it adds that extra week. It's a, another week that we get to watch more excitement. We're going to see how it affects everything long term. I think it is very bittersweet because for money wise, it's brilliant. It's definitely going to help. This was the perfect season to do it after everything that we just lost from this past season due to COVID. So like that under aspect is great from a fan aspect. It's great. But from a player aspect, I think it is completely brutal because we hear them talk now by week 16, their bodies are already like deteriorated. Yeah. So for now to add in that extra and it's not playoffs, like to add in an extra regular season game, it's going, it doesn't sound like one week would actually change that much, but it really is going to. And now they're, they're going to have to figure out how to train different and how to prepare their bodies to be able to handle this. And I think it puts like a lot more pressure on them. So I feel bad being so excited about it because I know them actually living it and playing it. It's going to be tough, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I like how, cause now we have an odd number of games. So going into this 2021 season, the AFC will have the extra home game and then they're going to rotate next season. A NFC will have an extra home game. Um, so it's definitely, it's going to be interesting. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's, it's fun because with the playoff picture looking a little bit different, I think, Obviously, we all kind of it grew on us this season, and and it definitely wasn't as bad as a lot of people expected. I loved it. I love. I loved it. I loved it. I'm here for it, and I yeah. think this makes it fun because, like, so it's either going to be really fun or it's going to be really boring. Um, and I think those games are going to be extremes and nothing in between in that last week because you look at teams. Some teams have things wrapped up. They've either clinched the playoffs or they've clinched their division whatever. Now they're just running guys that maybe aren't starters. It's it's really like a mid or like, I guess like a pre postseason preseason game, if you will. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of just feels like 
They have nothing to lose if they lose. They have nothing to gain if they win. There's a lot of those. And I think with this extra playoff team in the mix, I think sometimes maybe those implications could really play out in that last week in a fun and exciting way. Um, But they could also not, right? Because they are like interdivisional. They're not like, they're not a, it's not going to have like a ton of implications when it comes to like the legitimate playoff picture. But there might be some teams that need to get that win or need to really get that edge over maybe the wild card spot that could really come into play. And that could be fun. Um, on the player side, now that's it's I feel I feel really bad. I feel bad. I feel bad because, like you said, perfect season to do it financially. You just lost um a bit of money or you know, less you made less money yeah. than you expected to make. Um And you saw that really impact the salary cap. It went down. You also saw that impact how willing teams are to pay for big name players and give guys contracts that are, that kind of meet their expectations. And, you know, we've seen these contracts grow every single year. And so to see this kind of stall, that process is a little unfortunate, but I think players came into this off season saying like, we get that, right? Like you have less money to go around. We get it. Like we understand that. Um, But at the same time, it's like, but like you're about to make more money. Exactly. On our back. The more money that the NFL brings in, the more money that teams have to play put to pay players. Yeah. So long term, obviously this season it's not gonna come into effect, but like in the coming years, we are going to see those numbers grow. So like that aspect is great for them and it gives teams kind of more flexibility. But right now, I think players kind of in like that tricky spot because you know down the road it's going to be better but right now they don't have that much time to figure out how to prepare for it. it's not really going to directly affect them right now so it's just kind of in like an unsure period I think it is going to be I think it is going to be cool I'm definitely excited to see how this plays out and like you were kind of talking about that last week to see if this kind of makes things more intense or if it kind of like spreads it out. Cause I think what makes the NFL so exciting compared to other sports, there are so few games. This is not like basketball, baseball, hockey, where it's on nearly every single night. You have all these opportunities. You can be absolute garbage the first half of the season and then make up for it and be fine in the end. Like every single game matters. So I think to add in this extra week, it's definitely going to see, it's going to be weird to see how it affects everything long-term, but He's got, they are going to be exhausted by the end of the season. And then imagine going into playoffs. Like there's so much. It's tough. And I, I also feel bad for the players that need four preseason games to prove their worth and secure a spot on the roster. Um, And I know guys that have been in that situation. I think it's tough. Right. And I think you need every second of preseason play that you can get, which is why 2020 was so upsetting for some of those guys who didn't make a roster and they might have otherwise made a roster. And I know guys that have, you know, been able to use those four games and secure a spot and and really kind of make an impact on those teams. And so I'll be interested to see how this affects that. Maybe we'll see just less starters. Maybe we won't see like that full half of starters come in for, you know, week two, week three um in preseason or maybe maybe we just won't see them at all and maybe we'll see more guys and maybe um maybe that's what it is but I I want to see how this impacts them I want to see once we get to that last game if we're seeing more injuries what are we seeing in postseason injury wise um I don't know it's it's a tough year because it doesn't work out for the players but it works out for the league and then maybe if it all works out in the end going forward it'll be a good thing but We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Definitely, it's going to be weird. And I think there are a lot of people who, a lot of fans, I overall from a fan perspective, I've seen very little negative. Like everyone's excited to get that extra week. And I know I am too. And I think a lot of fans are looking at it like, well, we don't really care about preseason because it's not like all the starters are playing anyway. But when you're actually looking at it from the players and coaching perspectives, Preseason is so important, and I know it doesn't feel like it to us, and it can be boring to watch. I understand that, but that is a period we lacked it this year, and we saw how the amount of injuries that we had this that I fully believe that is because no one got the proper, they didn't get the proper training, they didn't get the preseason, they didn't get that extra practice that clearly we need. So it's 
going to be crazy to see how it actually affects. Because we saw it with nothing. Obviously, we didn't have anything. But to yeah. take away one of those games, I think it's going to be more detrimental than we actually are expecting. So yeah. it's going to be weird to see what happens. Yeah, we saw really... And, and we didn't even see teams get into their stride until probably week four, week five mm -hmm. last year. Like sloppy, just sloppy yeah. play. So like even the Buccaneers, like I was so excited to see them in the first two weeks. I was like, what the heck is going on? And I remember in one of my YouTube videos, I literally said, I was like, teams have to wake up and decide if they're good or not. Because I felt yeah. like every week I was like, this team is stellar. And then the next week they came out and looked like crap. I was like, nobody knows how to get it together. And it made the first half of the season not as exciting because like no matter what you thought was going to happen, like it was literally the complete opposite. And that like betting. I know I was getting screwed in the early weeks because yeah. teams that I thought were going to be great weren't great. And I couldn't even keep up with what was going on. Yeah, it is. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I'm, I love more football. I think at this point, I'm, I'm sure. And for, for anyone saying like their viewership went down or like the NFL is not that interesting anymore. We don't need another week of it. I've seen those comments too. I cannot stress enough how much the NFL is not suffering in viewership. Yeah. Like TV numbers might go down guys, like streaming numbers increased 60 something percent this yeah. year that I don't think like anyone can fathom how much of an impact that is. And these deals, they signed TV deals obviously for like 10 plus years. I think it was closer mm -hmm. to 11. That's going to make them a hundred billion dollars, yeah. not million billion dollars um, over the course of those deals. And those streaming platforms are built into that. They're very flexible to adjust to cord cutting and the future of how we're going to watch games. Yeah. All Thursday night football games are Amazon prime now. Yeah. So it's, it's changing and the viewership model is changing, but the NFL is the richest sports league in North America. It's one of the richest sports leagues in the world. It has plenty of money. They're making money. The viewership's fine. They're doing everything in their power to appeal to young fans. So I think they'll be okay money-wise. I think we're going to see a cap limit of like $200 million next year. And I think that's probably maybe even more. It's so crazy. And like the timing, because this actually got approved last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but it was just, and so now I do think the timing is completely like, it's great. That's what, it's so weird. Like, I want to be so excited about it. But then, like, you see Alvin Kamara uh, come out, and he was, like, expletive, yeah. dumb as hell. And Adrian Amos, we really let this happen. Like, all of these announcers are coming out and are like, you guys don't understand the effects that this is going to have on their physical body. Like, it is a lot because every single week they come out and they are putting everything out there. So it is going to be... I think it's going to be weird. And like we kind of already talked about, it's not like they're getting more money right now to play yeah. more games. Like they're the players in this upcoming season have the crappy end of the stick 100%. But I do kind of hope it's one of those things that gets overall better with time. And it's something that they can be excited about. And we can all be excited about because hopefully money wise, it all ends up working out. Yeah. And this season's going to be a little bit of a reset back to pre 2020 um and Goodell came out and said he wants stadiums full this season now that's not a promise that they will be but he wants that so yeah. interesting like interesting thing to come out and say and just to take the like real positive route heading into off season very optimistic very I was <laughs> like wow okay um I mean obviously like it depends on, on location it depends on local and state legislation and like what they're doing in each area. And I know like in Florida, I mean, they're, I'm, they I'm pretty approved. sure. I'm, the Dolphins were approved like midway through the season that they yeah. could have a full stadium and they chose not to, yeah. which was smart for the time. But if everyone, if vaccinations are moving in the way that we're going to, we are moving towards a more normal world. So, yes. and the fact that we even made it through this past season was honestly a miracle because going into it, there was a lot of uncertainty if we would even make it to the Super Bowl, if we were going to get there. So I think we are definitely moving in the right directions. And if we can start September 9th, full stadiums, I think that would be absolutely incredible. As long I'm, as it's yeah. all done correctly and safely and everyone's okay. But yeah, if it's all kosher, I'm here for it because yeah. I, 
I don't want to rush it though. I don't want to go backwards. The thing is, is I, I think with vaccinations, if they're rolling out the way that we plan them to, Mm -hmm. I think it won't be an issue really. I think everyone will kind of be set up and maybe they do something along the lines of like, really ensuring that people coming to the stadium are vaccinated. Um, I know your card to enter. Yeah. Like I know they've done that. They did that for the Brooklyn Nets games um, when they opened back up. So there's a few teams that have kind of tried that model. And to be fair, that's a much smaller sample size than what you're dealing with opening a full capacity NFL stadium. But at the same time, there's probably fixes around that. Um, But I I mean, I'm excited. I I would love to go to games this season. I didn't go to any games last season. I just want to be like in a stadium watching my team play. I have to go obviously watch Trevor Lawrence play. So that's important. You have to. Have to. No, that's a must. Yeah, I know. And like we were talking about before when we were talking about before the show started, we were talking about my birthday and we both mm-hmm. were saying there are certain things that we want to spend money on. That's football it. games, I would go to a football game and happily spend $14 on a shock top. Like, oh. like happily. I want the full experience that again, yeah. I, I know people want to go, they want to like tailgate and then get as like drunk as possible before going into the stadium. I'm like, you know what? No. Cause oh, I am yeah. a person, I hate it. Like I hate going to games with groups of people who don't want to like sit and watch the game. They want to like go to the bars in the stadium or go wherever the party area of the stadium is. I'm like, no, I want to sit in my seat yes. and watch the game and like eat food that sucks from the stadium yes. and drink a beer that I paid. 10 times too much for but I don't care so like I'm excited to do those things again yes no that that was if I can experience that this season I think I will be the happiest person ever because I just miss that feeling and like football honestly is one of those games that I kind of prefer like from like an analyst like actually watching everything that's happening it's easier to watch from home yeah there is nothing like being at a game that feeling that camaraderie like i miss it so much it's the best it is the best best. so at least move somewhat in the right direction yeah i'm here for it yes let's talk um so we're a little late to this game but we have to talk about it miami out here just playing chess everyone else is playing checkers Checkers, i don't know what to tell you they're making moves they are absolutely brilliant and they have been from before last season even started. They are like my second team. Like I just, I love their vibe. I loved everything they were doing and I didn't think they were going to come out and win the Super Bowl or anything dramatic like that, but I just knew they were going to be better than they were. And they were, they proved yeah. that. And I think they're just going to continue to get better in everything that they're doing. When I first saw their move, with the 49ers, I was like, this is great. Like, this is great for them. And then my stupid Eagles, which we will get into. We will. Um, we will. As much as it pains me, to, Dolphins, every the way they handled trading and moving around, it worked out for them beyond perfectly. Like, I cannot commend them enough for the moves they made because everything is so, like, working out so perfectly for them. Yeah. And okay. So I'll try to explain this. They had the third overall pick from the Houston Texans, which they got for Laramie Tunsil. Let that sink in just a little bit because all of this stemmed from Laramie Tunsil. And that's amazing to say Um, that they had the third overall pick in the draft. That was their additional first round pick. They Mm -hmm. traded that pick to the 49ers. So they moved from three to 12 49ers moved from 12 to three. They then got two future first round picks and a third round pick for that trade. So a wild thing, because now you have a first round, you have an extra first round in 2022, 2023, and then you have an additional third round. Then they turned around and said, we want to move back up. So they traded with the Eagles who were sitting at six. So now they move from 12 to six and they gave up one of those additional future first round picks to the Eagles. Now I think this works out for everyone involved. Um, in at to some extent right Mm -hmm. um and all three of these teams i think who put it perfectly robert mays from the athletic um put this perfectly right like these you're seeing three teams in completely different 
separate phases of their cycle, right? Like you're seeing Miami who like maybe they're two to three years away. You're seeing Philadelphia who's a little further. It's going to be a slow build. They're going to work up. San Francisco is looking at a ready team and they're just trying to figure out how to get back to the Super Bowl. So I think it worked out for everybody, but I mean, these are just, these are moves where what I love about Miami, they're writing the blueprint for how to rebuild your team. Because like you said, didn't expect them to go and win the Super Bowl, but I also didn't expect them to be as far ahead in their rebuilding process as they were this year. But they just make decisions and are unapologetic about it. Like they, they know what they want to do. They know what their strategy is and they just do it and they execute it. And if anyone else agrees, they don't care. And I love that about them. Yes. No, it's everything that they're doing. They're setting themselves up brilliantly. And now going in, I know we're going to get into what we think now that they have made all these moves. Yeah. Everything. We have a complete, every mock draft that we have been looking at and kind of studying, throw it out the freaking window. Like all these months of effort and planning gone. Just forget it all. Because now all of these teams need something so different I think the closest one, Dolphins and Eagles, I think they're kind of going after the same thing because they're kind of in the same position to test out is Tua their long-term guy, is Jalen our long-term guy. San Francisco's in a much different position because, like you said, they are a ready team. This was a team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago. The only reason I think they really kind of stunk this season, they had the injury bug and they could not escape it. I think if this was a healthy team, they would have been scary. I don't know if they would have went back to the Super Bowl. They're also in, in my opinion, the most competitive division in the league right now. So there's a lot of factors, but I still think they would have been much better than we got to see. It was honestly a super unfortunate situation. Like all of their stars were out, coming back, going back out. Like it was really sad, but I think they are out of these three, the most interesting right now. Who do you think? that they're going to go after? I don't know. I'm a little confused. Um, yeah. Because So they've been out here touting how Jimmy is their guy, right? Yes. They're out here. They're reinforcing that message. Right before they did this trade, they put out a statement like, this is when our guy. Right, yeah. This is our guy. This is our quarterback, right? You don't trade up to three unless you are taking a quarterback because this draft is the year to do it. Right. So for them, I think they're trying to make it appear that way. And it might be that way because in my mind, your Super Bowl ready team is what they believe, right? Like they, they believe this year or next year, they're going to be ready back in contention for the Super Bowl. And that might be fair because like, you don't want to waste the pieces that you put in place. You want, they, they're in a win now mentality, but do you want to bring in a brand new rookie quarterback? No rookie, no guy you're going to get in the draft. Doesn't matter if they go first overall or last. It doesn't matter. They're, you're not guaranteed anything. You have no. not seen production at the NFL level. So if you're looking for a quarterback, which I'm assuming they are, it's tough because you're not going to bring them in. And if I'm assuming correctly, you're not going to bring them in and have them start right away. Yeah. I would assume, like, if you're trying to make a run of the Super Bowl this year, which is what this move tells me you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and every move they make tells me they're trying to do, I'm just looking for a transitional quarterback that is top of his class this year. I mean, it doesn't even matter who you get, right? You're either going to get Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, whoever that third guy is left, mm-hmm. that's who you're going to get. And any of them are going to be great, but I still think you're going to play Jimmy G this year. I don't, I don't know. I can't see a world where you think you're Super Bowl ready and you put a rookie quarterback. No, I agree 100%. I think Jimmy G is their guy going to this season. Kyle Shanahan before this move, after this move, when the news came out, he was in like an hour and a half long press conference talking about it, kind of trying to explain the thought process because it honestly surprised me when it happened. I was like, what is going on here? Because I, there's been a lot, they're unsure about Jimmy G. And I think we're all kind of picking up on that because anytime there is quarterback trade conversation, the 49ers are in those conversations. They are calling, they're asking. So clearly there's some uncertainty there. So going into this with the moves they're making, I honestly think the smartest move for them would be to get Trey Lance from North Dakota State. I think because obviously you're getting Trevor Lawrence. I think Mac Jones goes number two. And I think even like heading into this, 
Trey Lance is one of those guys. He's not on the same level as Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones. We just don't see that. Like we only got to see him one game. Yeah. So I think looking at it from that perspective, he has all of the tools to be a great quarterback. And Kyle Shanahan has come out and said, like, I like the model that the Chiefs used when they sat Patrick Mahomes. He got to sit behind Alex Smith. He got to learn and develop. And quarterback, we talk about it every week. The NFL has gotten so impatient and they want talent and they want it right now. And yeah. people aren't utilizing that mold as much anymore. And I think that that's what they're going to try to do. I think they take him. I think they should take him. I think that would be the best guy for them. Use Jimmy G this year. And Kyle Shanahan said it himself. He was like, Jimmy G is going to come out with a fire lit under him. So like, that's also going to cause a problem because like, what if they figure out he is their guy, but if they're this uncertain, I think you get the young quarterback, you bench him behind, have him learn, try and develop him. And then next year, see where you're at, especially if like, if you're going to be in every single quarterback trade conversation, like I think it is worth it. You got to trade up. You made the big move. Like this is your time to execute fully and then see where your team is at. Yeah. And I mean, and you're definitely right. Like this was the right move for them to make. This is no knock against them because if you're going to go and trade up for a quarterback, this is the year, right? This kind of quarterback talent. So much talent. It doesn't come around that often that there's this much talent where when you're sitting at number three, you're sure you're going to get a good, good, good guy, right? Yeah. And and it just depends, right? It doesn't mes- necessarily mean that's the third best guy. It could be the first best guy if it turns out that way. It just means that whatever quarterback falls to number three, assuming that the Jets pick someone who works for them, which that number two spot is so up in the air, but I think after pro days, we are looking at more leaning toward Mac Jones. But if you're sitting there and, and you've got your pick of Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, like you've got those guys, right? So it it is interesting, but this is the right move for them to make because if you're going to be aggressive and you get the right guy, it's never going to matter, right? Like you're never going to say like, we shouldn't have done that. You're never going to say like, man, I wish we had two first round picks back. But at the end of the day, like there's so many things that could happen between now and the beginning of the season, right? Yeah. They could they could go to training camp. They could decide that this guy is a better, more ready quarterback to lead them where they want to be than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Also, also, like Jimmy Garoppolo might have been in the talks of a trade, but I don't think anyone really envisioned him as available because yeah. sitting at 12, the 49ers weren't in talks for any of the top quarterbacks. So yeah. you're not thinking of Jimmy Garoppolo as someone who's, you know, on the trading block and ready to be like moved around. But like now that that might change, I don't know how big the market is for him because I the only place I could see him ending up is in new England. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that's the main place. And and yeah. I think that would, would make sense. And they're really the only team that, cause you look $24 million base salary, right. Yeah. With a no trade clause. So that's also tough. So you're looking at he's, he would now have to approve the trade and and this no trade clauses for 2021 only of course so um he would have to approve the trade destination mm-hmm. he'd have to find someone willing to take on his base salary in 2021 or take it on and renegotiate it yeah and then you'd also have to find somebody who like needs a quarterback like jimmy garoppolo and then at the end of the day like there's probably equally good quarterbacks out there for way cheaper like and i'm not <laughs> saying i'm not saying Jameis winston is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm saying like, that's the realm you're living in, right? Like he, he's not a first tier guy. He's not a top tier guy. So you're living in like second or third tier of NFL quarterbacks paying almost first tier money. Yeah. And I think the problem that Jimmy G has is I honestly think he fits well in the 49ers offense. He, but he's not a guy that's going to come out. I mean, he can sling the ball, but he doesn't. He's more of a handoff guy, and they have a very heavy run game. Like, and so he does fit in that mold. Yeah. But I think to put him on another team, to he, he just doesn't seem like a guy that I would want as like a future. I'm going to build my organization around him kind of quarterback. He is a good quarterback. He is good at what he does, but he's not a great quarterback. So I understand where the 49ers are coming from. And I understand exactly what you're saying. You're not going to want to come out and spend top dollar money on him when I don't want to say he's average, but he's closer to average than he is great. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. I and no Jimmy G hate here. Like yeah, I think I love him. Love him. I just think elite quarterbacks are rare. And yeah. like we are just in a time where not only do we have young elite quarterbacks in the conversation, but we also have old veteran elite quarterbacks still playing. So we are in a time where that first tier and that second tier are there's a wide gap there. Absolutely. And there's guys in that second tier that are demanding a lot less money. So maybe that's a better place to look. But then again, like now you're in the perfect situation, so it doesn't really matter. But it's just interesting to think what could happen because with a no trade clause, like there's a world where Jimmy G gets released, just released. There's also a world where they trade him and I could Can see them. Imagine. I can't imagine. It's too much. It's too much for one off season. I know we asked for drama. We asked for entertainment. I'm we're good. You did it. Good yeah, job. We're, yeah. This, the blockbuster trade was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Like, congrats, you've accomplished it. Like, off-season, we hit the finale, we did it, great. I just think, like, if they're going to trade him, that asking price is going to be so high because it's yeah. not – you're going to want to retain some of those first-round picks, whether it's one or two, but I'd assume you're at least going to want to get back one of the ones that you gave up to Miami. I just – I don't see it happening, but mm -mm. it'll be fun. I think we're – we rarely get, like, a, a good, like – get a rookie quarterback who's top of his class. Like we don't get a Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith situation very often. Um, mm. That rarely happens. So I'm kind of excited I to see that. That's exactly what happened with Aaron Rodgers. Like, oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, That's exactly what happened with Aaron Rodgers. And you see what a talent he is. You see what it did for Patrick Mahomes. I think it is a smart move. And like, think about the, this past draft. Joe Burrow was number everyone knew number one overall like that was set in stone and then you have Justin Herbert who we all knew was good we all knew he was going to be fine came out of nowhere and just like exceeded all expectations like play like I the way he plays now is so different and it's so much more mature and more advanced than he ever played in college so I think you, like we talked, you never know what you're going to get and you never know what's going to come out of it. So you can sit here and plan and you can kind of have this game plan of like, we're going to do this. But I think the position that they put themselves in to either, who knows, maybe they go wide receiver and they take maybe like they're, that's what's also cool about this because we don't know for sure. And there's still so much time. We're a little less than a month away. There's still so many conversations to be had between Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan. Like there is so much that is still going to happen. And that's kind of why stuff like this makes it so exciting too, because the draft honestly was getting kind of predictable. Like I kind of felt like, yeah. obviously you don't know for sure, but you kind of knew what everyone was targeting. And now I feel like I'm going to sit there and like have no idea what to expect, which I absolutely love. That adds that dramatic factor that we live for. I mean, okay. Scenario, right? Because I don't think you're ever going to pry. You're not going to pry the first pick away from Jacksonville. No. You're I, you'd be hard pressed to convince me that you'll ever be able to trade for number two for the Jets. I just think it's too good of an opportunity to start their rebuild on the right foot, but yeah. you're sitting at three, right? Maybe they've got a guy in mind. Like maybe there's a guy they love that think they think could fall to three, but like you said, what if they go and take wide receiver? Like yeah. what if they go and get a pass catcher, they pick up Devonte Smith or someone like that. What if they do that at number three? Now you have the Falcons. We're off track. Now you have the Falcons. Sorry. Now you no, have the Falcons. You have the Falcons sitting at four. Okay. So the Falcons sitting at four, number three, they don't take a quarterback. Maybe you're not planning to take a quarterback at four. Do you? But now, yeah. And, and they're a team that also is going to need one. Yeah. Like Matt Ryan, it, he's, it's coming to the end of Matt Ryan. Yeah. And I think if they could get a young guy and if they could do exactly what the 40, we think the 49ers are thinking about what we think they're thinking about. We're trying to plan everything and everything is just <laughs> completely turned around, but that would be an insane move for them. And then think about it. Then the uh, Falcons take a quarterback. Then what happens? Like the entire thing just turns into like this domino effect of what the heck is going on. It could yeah. be so insane. It could be. And it's fun because like, okay, so the Bengals sitting at five are definitely not taking a quarterback. No. So that's irrelevant, right? Yeah. So I think the assumption, were, the working assumption was that the the top four out of the top five picks would be quarterbacks, mm -hmm. which 
was kind of weird because like I don't know why the Miami Dolphins probably wouldn't have picked a quarterback regardless. The Bengals aren't going to pick a quarterback. So I don't know where they were getting four out of five. But you've got now if the top like three quarterbacks or top four quarterbacks go, you could have a situation where we're seeing someone sit in San Francisco, someone sit in Atlanta behind veteran quarterbacks. Now you're going to have like you're going to have these battle of the top quarterbacks in this draft two of them starting probably yeah. and two of them sitting and it's going to be really interesting to see how those situations play out but I think it's fun because I think this opens the door to more teams trying to think creatively about their teams and how they're gonna coordinate draft picks and trade and and all of that and we might see more trades in the moment but the Miami Dolphins man are so smart yeah. because you're giving your opportunity like you're giving your team every opportunity like if Tua doesn't work out, great. You've got extra first round picks. You've got a way to get a better quarterback, whether it's at the draft or you have draft capital to exactly. trade for a good guy. Like you've set yourself up for every like it's like a choose your own adventure book in Miami. Yeah. And like Miami, the entire conversation around Miami heading into this draft was they wanted to double up on, they had two first round picks. They wanted to double up on offensive weapons. This is, and obviously we don't know that for certain, but that's kind of the direction that everyone thought they were leaning. Like, so now you went from three to six, you can still get Jamar Chase, who is an absolute stud. Like, I think, I mean, Obviously, draft picks, there's always that level of uncertainty, but I think he is incredible. It's someone I wanted the Eagles. I would have been very, very happy if obviously we know my love for Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. We'll get there. But if the Eagles got Jamar Chase at six, that would have been incredible. So for the Dolphins, who literally knew, like, we don't need a quarterback right now. Let's build up this draft capital. Let's build up picks just in case move back and we can still get a stud that is going to help our team. If they get Jamar Chase, I think that is the perfect guy to kind of prove if Tua can be your long-term yeah. quarterback. Because if right now, like if you pair him with that much of a stud and he still isn't executing in the way that you want to, it's like, then you kind of know you can't really make excuses for him anymore. So I think it's the perfect way for them to test out this season. And last season, they were so close to playoffs. Like they were right there. So I think having someone like that in the slot would be incredible for them. And if it, like you said, doesn't work out, who cares? We'll try again next year. And we have time and we have options to create and mold the perfect team. So yeah. they are doing everything right. It's fun. It, it's a lot of fun. And so that was, that was kind of the analysis of the first part of this trade. Um, now Miami is back at six mm -hmm. in their trade with the Eagles. So it's fun to imagine because if they did want a quarterback, if, you know, if the right guy falls to six, which could happen if the, right. if the 49ers don't take a quarterback and the Bengals don't take a quarterback, now you're sitting at six. And now if you wanted any of the quarterbacks that are left, you could still have one of the top four exactly. quarterbacks. I wonder if there's like, if there was backdoor conversation there, if like, the 49ers and the Dolphins, maybe the 49ers are telling the Dolphins, like, listen, we don't need a quarterback. Let us move up, get our guy, and then we'll have – because think about it. There We talk – there are so many good quarterbacks. If one, two, and four are all quarterbacks, you know five isn't taking a quarterback. That yeah. still puts the Dolphins in a good position. And this is also a very big wide receiver. Like, yeah. there's there are options. Like, so – no matter what, the Dolphins are going to be 100% fine. And they seem like a team that knows what they need. They know what to do to get there. So I think in the moment, they are going to make the – like if the Eagles were sitting at six still in that same kind of position as the Dolphins, I would be panicking because we don't yeah. know how to make a decision that will help us long term. Yeah. The Dolphins seem like they know how to do that, and they are smart, and they know what will benefit them the most. So I think they are going to – I don't know. I'm so excited to see what they end up doing. It's fun. Let's talk Eagles because now you're now you go from six to twelve. And now hear me out because I think regardless of what happens, like we said, the Eagles are in this long rebuilding period. Like there's I, I think they know that they can't rush it. They know that they need to pace out, play the long game, figure things out, get settled, which for them, now they have an extra first round pick in the future to do that. So that helps. Um, but I feel like it's pretty negligible because 
when you look at, they probably weren't going to get a top quarterback at six if they're planning, you know, and there's not really like a ton of super high caliber players that are going to disappear off the board from six to 12. I do think that there's probably guys that they would like to have, but they probably have a small handful of guys. And they're like, if we get one of these, we'll be happy, right? We'll walk away happy. And if they think that they can get one of those guys at 12, then I think that, you know, that justifies securing a future first round pick. It justifies putting some bets on yourself in the future to figure this thing out and really kind of pad pad the way in the future drafts and be able to say like, hey, at least we have, maybe it's draft capital, like similar to what the Dolphins have. Maybe it's just getting another guy in the future when you have a better idea of what your holes are, what you're going to need. Because I think heading into the season, there's obvious glaring holes with the Eagles, but I think there's also so many that they're going to have to pick and choose what they address first and what they deal with later on down the line. And so I think it really gives them an opportunity to breathe and say like, let's address the most like, let's just address whatever we can get at 12, whatever the best person at their position is at 12. Let's address that hole and then figure it out from there. So I'm interested to hear what you think about this move. Also, what they're going to do at 12 now. Yeah, no, this was now that I've I've definitely have cooled down the moment. I remember I was driving. You probably saw all my stories. They will probably take pits. So I wanted on the Eagles. Uh, don't. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't get me started on my pits rant because I will not stop. Um, the moment that I got the notification and I found out what we had just, it was moments after I was posting about the 49ers, the Dolphins trade. And I was like, the Dolphins are brilliant. I love the Dolphins. And then I had this moment where I was like, damn, you Dolphins. Like, because they are being so smart. The issue that I'm having with the Eagles right now and hearing everything that's come out. I do, I do like the idea of having the extra first round next season. So I don't completely hate this with my entire heart and soul as much as I did the second I found out about it because I was literally screaming when I found out about it. But I am still super nervous just because what you're saying is 100% logical for them to hone in and figure out what I don't think they're capable of doing that right now. It seems like every single person is on a different page. Jeff Lurie, our owner, came out and said, Jalen Hurts is our guy. Build a team around Hurts. And then after this trade happened, of draft pick trades happened, it came out that we were actually trying to trade up for number three so we could take a quarterback. After our owner just said to build a team around the quarterback that we took last year. Like, so it seems like every single person has a different mindset of what they want to do. And like, I sat at the draft last, last year in round two. And I was like, we have so many holes to fill. If they take best of at O-lineman, wide receiver, even someone on defense, like I would be so happy. And what do we do? We take a quarterback out of nowhere. So it's a lot for me to kind of wrap my head around. I don't really know what to expect when I found out that they were even thinking about drafting up to take a quarterback after we just got Joe Flacco, after we just had all the issues with Carson Wentz. It really upsets me because it's kind of like we keep going back to what broke us. Like we can't keep focusing on this quarterback situation because then we're never going to get better. Like we need to at least give guys a chance and then take it from there. Cause what if Jalen hurts is our guy? Jalen hurts is a great quarterback. Like we're not even going to give him a chance after we just lost Wentz after getting him. Like there's so much that happened. So in my heart at 12, I'm hoping Jalen Waddle, Alabama is still available because this is, we talked about, this is a very quarterback heavy draft. This is a very O-lineman heavy draft. And this is a very wide receiver heavy draft. And a guy like him who had 21.1 yards on 28 catches, like this kid's a stud. I would be very, if we get him, I would be very happy about everything that we did trading back. And there is a chance. This is my hope. There is a chance with how heavy all the other positions are and the needs that other teams have. There is a chance that Pitts falls to 12. I saw a couple more drafts that have them at going at 13 to the chargers. So like there, there are going to be good guys available for us at 12. So I'm, that's what kind of helped me cool down a little bit, but I'm just very frustrated. It's kind of, I don't even really know what to expect from them anymore. It is going to take a long time to rebuild. And I think it's going to 
keep taking even longer if nobody can communicate and get on the same page. So it was definitely an interesting, my emotions are all over the place and I'm going to sit at the draft like in pure agony. Like what the heck is this team about to do? I genuinely yeah. don't know where their head's at. Yeah, I I think it just is like, if you go into it very flexible, I think they could walk away in a really good position. There is a chance. Yeah, there because... I mean, you really need everything, right? You need a little bit of everything. So I think if they say, you know, here's our top guys at this position, here's our top guys at that position. And if it works out, you know, here's the like four guys we'd love to walk away with. I think they're going to walk away happy. And I think it's going to make sense. And I saw some concerns fans just like, we're, we're so much less likely to get a star at 12 than six. And it's like, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't know if you ever watched the draft. I mean, talk about Patrick Mahomes, you know, how yeah. many teams passed on him. Like there's so many people every single year that get passed on, not even just in the first round, but rounds down the line on day three they'll get taken and then they turn out to be studs so exactly. i i think you just never know and if you draft to your needs not just to like who's the 12th overall best player on the board then i think you're gonna walk away happy yes and i saw the one thing with eagles fans that were happy about this they were basically saying we have so many holes we're going to stink no matter what this season like it's yeah. not like one person is going to come in and fix that and i understand that argument completely the one thing that kind of makes me nervous, I want us to do exactly what the Dolphins are doing or what I assume the Dolphins are going to do, where they get a stud to, for Tua to test out if this is something that can grow into something. And when we're supposed to be testing out if Jalen Hurts is actually a long-term solution, I think we that's kind of what affected me the most. I wanted us to stay at six, get a number, like the best person we could possibly get overall, and then kind of give him that toy to play with and then see if this can be something special down the road. And we can still do that at 12. So I'm not totally deterred, but it just kind of it, everything they're doing is confusing me because it just doesn't seem like anyone knows what's going on. Cause I know it ever since day two of the draft last year, that's been my feelings around this team. Like nobody knows what is even going to happen. So it's weird. It's unfortunate. It's weird. Prove me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of teams are in that position too, especially new teams with new coaching staffs and yeah. new executives in their front office. I feel like are extra in that position, right? Like the Jets are in that position and you've heard it from inside the organization where they're like, hey, there's disagreements here. And like, we need to figure it out. And like, we'll feel it out. And like, we're going to make the best decision. But like, we have to talk about it to then make a decision. And that's why I feel like they've been pretty quiet. There's not a ton of really like figuring out what they're going to do. Like you haven't heard a ton about Sam Darnold. You haven't really heard what their plans are because you know, like they haven't decided. So I yeah. think the closer we get to the draft, however the draft plays out, I think is going to really tell the tale of what these teams decide to do. Now, again, like you draft picks are great. Like Miami. Great. It's great that you have this. It's great that you get all of these extra chances, but you still have to draft the right guys. Right. Exactly. So like there's a lot of teams in history who they can have the number one overall pick or the 32nd pick, but there's a lot of teams that have made mistakes you can make it at any position that you have in the draft and you still have to draft the right people. And honestly, if Miami, I mean, who would have thought that like this year, the Texans would have played so poorly that Miami ended up with the third number of number one over. Wow. Words are, are tough. The, the number three overall pick. It's a long weekend for both of us. It's, yeah. We're both exhausted. Um, yeah. But yeah, if who would have thought, right? So that's why yeah. you trade for picks is because the, at, at very minimum, minimum, you get draft capital or you get another guy, but at maximum that team has an unfortunate turn of events and there you go. Now you're in the top five or, you know, even lower. So yes. I, it could turn out either way, but I have my fingers crossed for you. you. I need that. I really do. Because if this is last year, the draft, I was so excited heading into it. Like I was like, yup, day one. And you just never know the Eagles drafting is not our strong suit. Like it's just not something we're great at. And yeah. we end up, putting together decent teams. Like our Super Bowl team was unbelievable. Like we know how to 
rework like the one thing Howie Roseman is good at is like restructuring contracts and managing money. And like he got us into this pickle. He's doing kind of a good job at getting us out of it by restructuring everybody. So like not going to totally bash him for everything. But it's definitely I'm nervous. Like I wish I could I wish I could be like I am a Dolphins fan. Let's be real. If, but like if I could sit here and feel as confident about the Eagles as I do about the Dolphins, things would be so much different. I just don't trust the decisions we're going to make. Yeah. No, trust me. I, I'm in the same boat. Yep. Um, <laughs> like we have the number one overall pick and like the highest cap space in the entire league. And I'm still like, we're going to screw it up somehow. Who knows how? It'll be very creative. It'll be yes. something you've never seen coming. It'll be a graceful downward tumble. <laughs> I'm not even mad about it. It's like at this point, it's like you could not hurt me more. Exactly. Um, so we're here we are, you know, yeah, and I'm still going to put on Eagles gear every single Sunday and I am still going to jump in front of a bus for this team if I have to. Yeah. But you could at least just make it a little easier on me. Like you could make it a little bit less harsh. I need some incentives because I've been personally victimized by the Jaguars for 26 straight years at this point and I'm I'm hurt. I'm hurt. And I need I need something to work out. And I know we're not going to go to the Super Bowl this year. I have no no misconceptions, but I just need something to work out because I feel like I've paid my dues. You have. No, you've earned it. I'm tired of it. No, you've earned it. You've earned Trevor Lawrence. And I hope they can build a beautiful team around him in the next couple of years. And all of this suffering will be worth it. I'm praying just, for you. If I you hear another, another, if I hear another name at number one overall, just check on my well-being. We just had a moment of silence because <laughs> <laughs> we literally both just froze. Because can you imagine? I think every single person would just be in a complete uproar because then everything changes. I um, I I had a dream. I'm gonna say oh, this. God. Because I had a dream that I was sitting. So I'm obsessed with Ale House. Obsessed with it. And I've watched like every first round of the draft at Ale House for like, the, I don't know, the past whatever, however many years. I had a dream that, I, vivid dream, that I was sitting at Ale House. Like you felt like you were actually living it? Like it didn't feel like a dream? Like I woke up and I was like, how how was that not a real experience? And I was sitting in the same bar stool that I was sitting in when the refs cheated us out of our AFC title. Oh, God. And I was sitting in the same seat and I was like, you know what? We're going to rebrand this location. We're going to rebrand this bar stool. It's going to be a positive place with positive energy. We're about to draft Trevor Lawrence. I was sitting there. I had my mango habanero zingers. I had my freaking blue moon. I had everything I needed. And then they called out Trey Lance. And I was like, I I'm going to lose it. Like I was... I remember just, and I don't know why it was Trey Lance. Cause I, if I'm thinking about it, like in my head, I'm thinking more Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, I mean, not Mac Jones. Mac Jones. The only reason is he is from Jacksonville, but other than that, like, I, I don't know why it was Trey Lance, but it was my dream. It was Trey Lance. And I woke up very upset. It, it threw off my whole tone for the I day. Bet. I was like, no, I'm, a, I'm okay. You didn't have a dream, sis. You had a nightmare. It was a nightmare. It was my worst nightmare. And nothing against Trey Lance. It's just like, if you have the number one overall pick, and that's the consensus pick, and every expert's like, obviously, that's what you should do, just do it. Because if it yeah. doesn't work out, you can't be blamed for being wrong. Exactly. But if you, if you go off script and do something else, now you're blamed. I'm blaming you. Yes. If it doesn't work out. And so. like, even like what we saw with Joe Burrow this season, like obviously he got hurt. We didn't get to see the full extent of it. We saw kind of Justin Herbert run away with things a little bit, but what I did see from Joe Burrow, he, he was consensus. Number one, everyone take him. They listened and he proved that he has the maturity and the poise and the ability to turn this entire franchise around. Yeah. Obviously, it's very, it's yeah. apparent like it's there. And yeah. Trevor Lawrence gives me those same vibes. So yeah. I, you can't mess this up. No, they can't. no. And let's, you know what? I'm going to put it out of my head. I'm just going to forget I had that nightmare. Um, yeah, no, let's talk about something super lighthearted and fun for the last couple minutes. <laughs> I, and let me just preface this by saying I'm, I too am so tired of talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. 
Um, that was so February. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. That's old news. But this is fun. Yeah. Um, Bruce Arians is a man of his word. He said that if we win the Super Bowl, he said when we win the Super Bowl, I will get tatted. I don't know when he said this, but I have to think that it was maybe earlier in the season and he was trying to instill some confidence in his team. But he did, in fact, get tatted. That is the tat. I'm very... It's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, I think he literally spoke it into existence and yeah. chose a very permanent way to kind of prove that. And he wasn't the only one that got other guys on their team. Also, they all went out and got Mike Evans got tatted. Like they got all were celebrating. And then Tom Brady clapped back and was oh. like, oh, you like this one? Yeah. <laughs> Said, looks great, coach. I decided to get one, too. First of all, this Photoshop is fantastic. It looks so good. And it looks honestly, so good. If I'm being completely honest. I really wish this was real. Can I you imagine I if need Tom him. Brady had Bruce Arians raising a beer tattooed on the side of his calf or can on I the side of his kneecap? Can I just say, I need that to happen, number one. But I need it to happen. And then I need a live stream into Bill Belichick's living room with his little dog. Mm -hmm. I need to see his face when he, because I I just know Bill Belichick's heart is breaking. I mean, he was Tom Brady's, uh, I mean, uh, barnacle boy yeah. for a long time. No, it's, and he probably sees them having so much fun together. And like, it probably crushes him because think about how much him and Brady accomplished together and not that anyone is like erasing it or diminishing it or taking no. anything away from it. But I think everyone is just so excited to see Tom Brady is still capable of doing that on a brand new team with a brand new coach year one. Like there, it's just such a storyline. Yeah. So I think it gets like, everyone's getting wrapped up in it and like nothing against Belichick. Like Tom Brady would not have been able to do what he did without Belichick, but it is crazy to see how it's all like happening. <laughs> Wild. And it's so funny because it feels like, I don't know. It just feels like when you like, I don't know when your dog goes and like plays with someone else or like gets more excited to see someone else than you. And you're just like, what the heck? Like I, yeah. I brought you into this world. Like Literally. what are you doing? And oh my, God, my mom feeds my dog breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh. And like, she, she's my best friend. She's my baby. But my mom does all the heavy lifting. She mm -hmm. keeps her. And when I walk in the door, she like is so excited, jumps on me, kisses me. She sleeps in my bed. And my mom is like, I'm the one that feeds you. Like I give you food. You would be nothing if it wasn't for me. And she gets so mad. And that is exactly how Bill, Ch Bill Belichick probably feels in this exact moment. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is like, to be fair, it was always harder playing in New England because you didn't have a super team. Exactly. You didn't You didn't have, like, any guy you want in the NFL. Like, let us know, and we'll go out and get him. Like, that's what the Buccaneers did for him. Yeah. And, like, that's probably fun. I mean, this is, like, Madden. Like, like you have – this is, like, your career in yeah. Madden. This isn't, like – this is Bring not – your own team. Like, this, is uh, ultimate, this is ultimate team because, yeah. like, you're not – this is not fair. But it, he's having so much fun, and I don't even like him that much. But it's fun to watch him have fun because he's getting drunk at the boat parade and, yes. like, slurring and sloshing around Tampa. Yeah, drinking avocado tequila. No, this is definitely a different side of Tom Brady, and I do like it. It does, like, ha make me have a little soft spot for him because I've been very tough on him. Um, and I think it is different for him, too. Just the way Bill Belichick coaches, it's very stern. Like, very – it's his team, and you know that – Tom Brady pretty much came in to Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians was like, you coach, like, I'll just be here. Like calling please. Like Bruce Arians would literally be like, do this. And Tom Brady would go out on the field and be like, nope, we're going to do this instead. And it would pay off. Like it just the trust. And I think when you are Tom Brady, you earn that respect. Like I have nothing against it. Yeah. But it's just so different from what we're used to seeing. And like, like this is so Gronk coming out of retirement to be with. Like, there is so much there that is like, are we freaking joking? Like, it's unbelievable. They're just having a grand old time. And they like, are. if I wasn't surrounded by the world's most annoying fan base, 
constantly and it's not even the ones that are actual fans i don't want to say that because there are a lot of people people? yes there's a lot of people here who have been fans for like their lifetime and have gone to games and like put in the work and all that and i feel that and i appreciate that because i understand that and there's but 90 percent of the people who are very loud this season were the same ones who are like we hate the Buccaneers and they don't win anything and we're not fans. And it's this whole thing. And then suddenly, and I experienced this, it's almost like PTSD because I experienced the same thing in 2017 where I'm like, Oh no, but I've watched you for literally 10 years, like talk crap on Twitter about the Jaguars and how they should be like shipped out of Jacksonville. And like, well, you don't care to like have them in the city anymore. But suddenly now that we're winning games, you're showing up and you're at the games and you're posting on Instagram and you're like all this Duval till we die. It's the same feeling and yeah. I I can't I can't deal with it. No, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But Bruce Arians, man, the tattoo is glorious. Love it. I'm so glad you kept your word because I love everything about this. I'm here Tom for Brady. it. Oh my God. We should make a petition that if Tom Brady goes back to the Super Bowl and wins, he has to actually get Bruce Arians holding a beer up tattooed on his the side Have- of his cap. Has to. Has I'm honestly, to. I want to force him to do it now, but that's I know, I know. I don't, he doesn't seem like the type. He's very clean cut. Yeah. I would love okay. it though. I would love it. I would love it. That'd be great. I'm here for it. Let's start that petition. Yes. Let's get it going. All right. Well, you have any final thoughts? No, no. I just, the Eagles, it's still, and like, like you just said, as much crap as I talk about the Eagles, I will support them till the day I die. Yep. Everything is going to be fine. But at the end of the day, I am very excited to see the Dolphins this season. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. No, trust me. I, I feel you. I feel yes. you. I, uh, yeah. Deep breaths. We're getting there. We're closer yeah. to the draft. Next week, we'll we'll talk more draft stuff in depth, go into positions. Yeah, we're getting so close. I just need football back. No yeah, offense yeah. to all these other sports that are like actually playing games, but I just need football to come back. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning into the comments and listening and make sure to follow us on Instagram at onside chicks, Twitch at onside chicks, Twitter at onside chicks pod. And we will catch you guys next Wednesday. We're going to go sleep. And I'm excited yeah. for that. Yes. We are going directly to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, friends. Bye.